everybody, and welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Ellen of the Round Table. I'm uncomfortably energetic. I've had my fourth Arbucks coffee already. How are you? <laughs> I'm not there yet. Oh, uh, it's real good. I'm still in my first cup, so uh, mm, it's you too hot. To catch it's hot. up. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to uh, coffee coffee hotness. Not, not like whether it's attractive or not, but whether it's like really hot. It's very, very attractive. And then and they, attractive, they still yeah. use a sauce and they use all sorts of yeah. goodness. What'd uh, you get today? I think you got what, the blueberry with yeah, the vanilla sauce. Yeah, I got the blueberry. Yeah. Uh, it's, um... all right, now I'm kind of crashing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This happened last time. Yeah. It's like I get really ramped up and then it's just a big letdown. It, it's like, it's like kind of like when, uh, con- oh. Constantine. It's kind of like when Robonstantine powers down. Yeah, rent, rent. yeah. It's like when so. Pac-Man gets eaten by the ghost. Yeah. That's that's totally me. Well, actually, it's funny that we mentioned Robonstantine. I, I wanted to ask you because I heard the edit of what? the last episode. Yeah. We never powered him on. So does that mean you actually like slept here with him awake? Did you know you did that? You know, awake. It's 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 just, this is such a metaphysical well, term. Well, like he wasn't powered down. That's yeah, all I can tell you. Yeah, he's totally awake. And and so I, I was sleeping here by the uh, by the warm glow of his uh, uh-huh. nuclear reactor. It, it's <laughs> it, it keeps me toasty warm it does at night. Keep you warm, yeah. Um, as far as I know, there's not like any you know murder sprees yeah i mean i don't watch him all the time well true i'm not his keeper that's true well, you're safe but that doesn't mean everyone else will interesting well we'll have to check around i mean i haven't i haven't seen ralph the janitor lately i mean but he's doing his own thing so much yeah I'd... he's got his own podcast <laughs> i know it's called mops and stuff i know yeah. i try not to mention it because yeah. his fan base is bigger than it's ours. bigger than ours i, I don't you're not like that yeah. sam i am but we're we're so close to the end mark it just you know we're it's okay i don't i we, don't know where we, ralph is we want the best with ralph for ralph yeah i mean that's the right thing to say i know it is um but i think so last night i did um he had a windows update robonstantine oh he did he had a windows update of course and you know how long those take i do like ages. get one like every every like five days hours or and hours minutes. it just yes. takes forever yeah so i i'd turn him off oh okay so we need to probably power him on then. yeah i want i thought a hard reboot would be the best Probably smart. Yeah, that's what Microsoft I mean, says. Is there any worry that he's going to come back as a different Robonstantine? Like he'll lose his personality and all that? I don't even really know if he has one, but. Oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I, I tell you what, why don't you uh, remember he's nuclear powered? Yeah. So I'm covering my stuff. Cover and, your stuff uh-huh. and stuff covered. And so, all, I, right. all right, I'm going to go back here and uh, I'm going to flip this switch and one, two, three, go. Robonstantine online. All right. Okay. I my stuff feels okay, and he looks normal. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see how he does. I, you know, when when Superman turns evil, <laughs> yeah, his eyes all are all mean They're and glowing. glowy yeah, and stuff. Yeah, I don't see that yet. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that's a positive. We're okay. Thing. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'll buy that. I mean, I don't know about Flashpoint or if right. he's going to like, I mean, we are time traveling here, so of this could be bad. Yeah. Right, I mean, Steve? Let's remind our viewer at home that, you know, yeah. we're the, the guys, the real guys, right? Constantine and Harvey. Yeah, those guys. They, they've gone to the future. Like yeah. They had a, they had a yeah, rocket sure they ship. They, they moved to the future. Well, we sent them to the, look. We did. As you pointed out, <laughs> our, our R&D department here at LP right. Worldwide Headquarters is second to 
well, not none, but they're they're not bad. <laughs> they're okay, yeah. And and we had a big budget surplus because we yeah. just this is the beginning of 2024. Right. We're at the end of 2023 when this happened, and yeah. they're like, it's a use it or lose it. That's true. Sort of a thing yeah, for we the budget. Had to do it, yeah. And we said, well, why don't I don't know, just bloat on time travel or something. I think that's what you said. Well, yeah, because we were inspired by the jump in time here in season seven. Yeah, we're method actors. Yeah, so we're, they, we're, exactly. So that's exactly. Like, what okay, happened. let's let's blow the budget. Yeah. And send them in the future. Had no idea it would work. No. And they sent back all this this technology that allowed us to create their replacements, which is which is both fascinating and maddening because. We welcome the future technology, but what apparently they're doing is they're reaching through the Stargate yeah. with sticky notes. <laughs> it seems so so backwards. That is so that is so retro. Yeah. I mean, you send all that stuff through and you, yet it's written on paper. Right. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of like Roscoe feels about it, right? Oh. Retro, man. You're so, you're so, uh, <laughs> uh, what a retro normal? Retro normal, something like that. Yeah. Roscoe's great. Yeah, he's so, yeah, he is. Yeah. Well, okay, so so we've covered so okay, Robinsonteen's online, we look safe. We haven't what where the hell's Carvey? Because he he's like Carvey's replacement. Where is he? Yeah, he's a he's a replacement. So look, the R and D department has been hard at work. They're trying to salvage I think Robinsonteen is going in there at night and pulling wires. I can't uh, I can't be well, sure. I mean, that would that would be what happens with their human pairings. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's exactly right. Yeah. Like I'm going to marry this circuit and make you mad. Um, <laughs> but so the, they haven't done nothing. Uh-huh. From what I understand, I met with him this morning. He's Carvey isn't up and running yet, but he is now backwards compatible with the Sony PlayStation. <laughs> well, we're halfway there. Well, that, that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Because I mean, Spyro the Dragon, that's a great game. That was a good game. You yeah. play him on Carvey. Yeah, <laughs> play him on Carvey. Well, so he's, he's like the, the PlayStation 1, though. PS1. Oh, God, no. Yeah. yeah, just the one. Yeah. I mean, we got like, what? They're like, we're on PS9 in the real world now or something? Yeah, just, but yeah. the first one. Let's the first. listen. Okay. Baby, All look, right. baby steps. steps. Yeah. <laughs> Did, so... I, what, before that was he like Nintendo sixty four and then and so we're just we're slowly getting there. Oh no, Nintendo sixty four is way after Sony PlayStation. Was it really? I don't know. I don't think that's true. Well, is it, it true? I, I think so. Because Sony PlayStation was thirty two bit, I think. Oh wow! See, see, now we're beyond my actual nerddom. I, this is where I mostly <laughs> well, come pretend into my I'm layer. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I'll have to defer to you on this one. Yeah, they started out with I think TurboGrafx 16, and then they oh my god, they went to the Sony PlayStation. Well, for anyone who's still listening, yeah, yeah, sorry for that. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Well, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Dot dot dot. Right. Sure, we will. Maybe Carvey can join us next week. Yeah, if all maybe. goes really well. Yeah, let's 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 either that or we'll take a nice uh, break, play Spyro the Dragon on him, and then you know that sounds like fun. Let's Whichever. do that actually at the break today. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Well, the break from what, Mark? You say well, I say it's yeah. from season seven point five Grizzlebox. Yeah, Grizzlebox. Yeah, Grizzle yeah, so we're on the fifth episode of season seven. What a weird title. Yeah, it is a bit of a title. Um, I wonder what that's all about. I guess we'll find out here in a few. Yeah. Uh, this episode, along with its counterpart, uh, season 7.6, Save JJ's, both aired on January 20th. And, and we should remind our viewer... Uh, that that here in season seven, at least so far, yeah. it seems like their their strategy for yeah. the show is Good to point. is to pair up shows. Yes. Yeah, and I would say some weeks it's felt like they were two halves of a whole, or yeah. one third and a two thirds of a whole, depending on how you look at it. Right. I, I I've I'm I think the jury's out for this one a little bit. 
but I did see uh, there, there, are, there are signs of pairing here. And I'm sure we'll get into that maybe at least by our commentary today. I think so. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, so again, these aired on January 20th of 2015. Uh, and uh, we this is at the 8 and the 8.30 hour, followed by Marry Me About a Boy in Chicago Fire. So that's what the lineup looked like. Is that one then. show, Marry Me About a Boy in Chicago Fire? That <laughs> is an amazing, amazing two hour. It was a two-hour Hallmark movie is what that was. College band name nailed it. <laughs> no, no, those are actually three different things. Oh, okay, that makes yeah, much more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, the, the first two were Parks and Rec at 8 and 8.30, so... They, they led the night off, and actually, uh, until Chicago Fire, they had the best ratings of the night. Yeah, I believe which that. Which I find interesting. So. Yeah. And season seven, for that show to still be, to one, being the lead in, and still getting the best demographic, or the best, you know, uh, ratings, the Nielsen ratings at that point. I suppose they still use Nielsen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's there. He's Nielsen's still here. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive. Seven seasons in. A lot of shows can't yeah. say that. Yeah, So, um, Interesting. Well, speaking of interesting, this episode was directed by the one and only Amy Poehler. Nice. Yeah, this is her third of three. She, she gets the golden megaphone. She gets the golden megaphone this week. Uh, she had an episode in season four, an episode in season five, and then this episode here in season seven. Very nice. Yeah. And uh, it was written by Donnick Carey, who uh, got his start on Late Night with David Letterman, went on to The Simpsons, has done shows on like HBO's Bored to Death, uh, New Girl, which is a show we've both watched. Right. Parks, of course. Mark... I, I we've talked about Donick before because this is his third of three as a writer. He was a producer, and I think this is like his 27 of 32 that he produced. Somehow in all of that, looking at his bio multiple times, he created Little Bush. Get out. I, I reached out to him. I'm hoping we can get a hold of you him. You shut your mouth. Because I have to don't, tell him what a fan we are. Don't I'm, tease me. I'm not. If it's you real. you're teasing me, you're going to have to outrun the blueberry. No, no. This is a real deal, man. He created Little Bush. I am I am so giddy right now. Kids at home, if you don't know what that is, go look it up. I I don't care where your political. Well, be careful are. what browser you're using funny. and how you phrase it. Yeah. in your search. Well, fair enough. It's a cartoon. You might start there. It's a cartoon. Um, it's very funny. It's it's maybe a little rough. It's irreverent. <laughs> is that a fair word? Yes, and it's even it 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 leans. I think it leans in the direction of say a South Park. Yeah, yeah. Not maybe quite so raw, but it's in the neighborhood. It's raw-ish. It's raw adjacent. It's raw adjacent. There you Thank go. you. I was, you beat me there. Yep. Yeah, that's, uh, oh boy. Yeah, that, when I saw that, I'm like, Mark is going to want to hear this. But I, I seem to recall when, in all seriousness, when you and I first started working together, yeah. every now and again, we would be like, there's so much stress and stuff yeah. at our work. Yeah. Now, let's let's take our lunch take hour. Take a 15 minute lunch. And, and yeah. then it's 15 minute lunch and we'll go in a room and we'll play clips of the show and we just laugh because oh holy God. crap. That was the best part of the day. Oh, by yeah. By far. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So congratulations, Donick, and thank you. We're fans. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Nice find. Yeah, that was, uh, I was pleased to find that. Hey, Mark, why don't you get us into our episode synopsis and we'll get this thing going. All right. Synopsis incoming. All right. What am I doing here? Uh, <laughs> Grizzlebox. Uh, yeah, yeah. Grizzlebox is a 7.005. Uh, I broke this sucker down into meat more. Um, three. Oh, look at that. I Good job. it. I never hesitated. Well, we're also recording Save JJ's today. I have some doubts about that one. We'll see. <sighs> you know, 
there let's let's, but, not, but let's celebrate your victory for now let's not just focus on my future failures can we can we please just celebrate my let's enjoy the here? moment oh my goodness fair enough all yeah. right let's do it all right so i have my a story as entitled boy i just phoned this in i it's called um it's called it's called all grizzle no steak nice i guess that's not I bad like that all right yeah um <clears throat> yes uh Frustrated, but still looking for a way to defeat Grizzle, Leslie is surprised when she receives a free gift box at her front door via a a Grizzle SkyPal drone. Leslie and Ben find out later that Donna also received a free uh, Grizzle box, so to speak. Uh, However, Donna angrily explains her gifts are based on detail that could have only come from private text and phone conversations. When Leslie opens her box and sees the very uh, personal uh, related uh, gifts and artifacts in it, Ben deduces that Grizzle must be data mining, which is not only an extreme invasion of privacy, but Ben made sure that it was illegal via language he chose for the contract between Mm. Grizzle and Pawnee. Mm. A public forum discussing the subject reveals that for once, the town is apparently 100% behind Leslie. that's, That's a first. It's gotta be. Yeah. Leslie also hopes to sway Ron, but he's, you know, he's a little harder to convince. He he maintains it's foolish for people to own and use devices, these doodads that can be tracked. So, you know, nuts to that. Donna, however, sets up a private tour of Grizzle for Leslie and Ben so that they can kind of snoop around and maybe dig up some dirt and... But when Leslie asks, I hope they wear really good surprise, uh, you know, uh, disguises. Disguises? Yeah. Oh yeah, they're like secret agents. Yeah, clearly secret agent hipsters. But Leslie asks, uh, and the, their tour guide is Grizzle Vice President of Cool New Shiz. Yes, uh, Roscoe Roscoe, Roscoe yeah. Santangelo. Yeah. When Leslie asks Roscoe, what's oh, that? Roscoe P. Coltrane? Could you? Could I don't think so. Oh, okay, maybe distant relative. When Leslie asks Roscoe about data mining, he's like, oh, yeah. He openly and cheerfully says, like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And we do it. We Hells, mi- yeah. We mi- yeah, we mine everything and everyone <laughs> is better off for it. Yeah. So Leslie, when she hears him like blatantly admit this, she's like, I, well, why don't we debate these mm. practices on TV? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, how retro normal. OK. And uh, and, you know, she's convinced that she's going to win and, and maybe she'll humiliate Grizzle. Mm. as well, which maybe could help her, her case strategy. for the like parcel. Yeah. What will happen? Will Roscoe agree to ba- debate Leslie on live TV? And if so, what venue will they use? Is Grizzle breaking the law, or did Ben miss something in Grizzle's contract with the city of Pawnee? Does Ron remain neutral, or does something happen that changes Ron's mind about Grizzle? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Yep. My my AKA or uh, I guess not my AKA, my my what my uh my Your title. title. My title. Yeah, That's why get it right. Whew, it's been a minute. Uh my title for this episode for the A story mark was uh Grizzle Grizzle Box. I thought you said Grizzle Bots. So <laughs> which you know, I don't know. It's kinda lame, but it's Well they it, are Grizzle Bots. There are Grizzle Bots. Yeah. But did they know that before this? I don't think they did. I mean I don't think that they're sentient. I don't know. Well, I, well, okay. I don't, 2017. We don't know. Yeah, it's, that's a future, future. I mean, who knows? There's flying cars. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. All right. B story. Go B for story it. incoming. B story, please. Right, yes. Here we go. Uh, so my B story I have is entitled um, "Not So Secret Agent Tom." 
Yeah, that's so, right. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it. All right. <laughs> Sensing that Tom is trying to distract himself from Lucy visiting her boyfriend in Chicago, Andy presents him with an opportunity to become his agent and help him renegotiate a contract that he was offered by station manager Hank Muntock. Not only is Andy not getting paid much and tasked with lots of extra duties, the contract clearly says that Andy does not own the rights to the character Johnny Karate. Tom agrees to help Andy with his contract, and the pair end up meeting with station manager Hank Muntalk, who is a tough negotiator and offers only minor upgrades, which Tom is just not satisfied with. Mm. How will this turn out? Can Tom get a better contract for Andy? Does Andy end up owning the rights to the character Johnny Karate? What is Tom's secret negotiating weapon? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Nice job. Yep. So I had the same B story. My, my version, my title was Karate Chop This Contract. Nice. So there you go. Nice. How about your C story, Mark? C story incoming. Okay. I have my C story as entitled, uh, this really isn't good. I just said April versus the interns. <laughs> I had nothing left. Mine's not much better. Don't worry. All right. Uh, Craig asks April to deliver a welcome speech to the new potential Parks Department intern, seeing as she got her start as a Parks intern. After some badgering by Craig, April's like, fine, God. She reluctantly agrees, but is actually hell-bent on making sure that none of the candidates are successful, believing that her current uh, aimlessness in life, her, her, her ennui, all started because she was a Parks intern. And if these youngsters become Parks interns, they'll, they'll essentially be, you know, throwing their lives away just like she did. Huh. Hmm. While talking to the potential interns, April latches onto a girl named Jen, who is very much like April was when she first started. Yeah. Like she's snarky she and morbid and unmotivated so. and no charisma, no passion, sister. blah, 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 yeah. blah. Focusing her energy on Jen, April tells her to not go through with the internship. What will happen? Does Jen end up quitting the intern program? Can anyone set April straight regarding how she started and what she's accomplished? What can April do to make amends to Craig? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Very nice. Mine, uh, mine wasn't much better. I kind of phoned this one in as well. Mine is April gets a clue. <laughs> which we'll get to very nice yeah yeah how about your aka because i know you only did one because you're such a rule follower yeah i only did one on I've account got four, of, but you know what it doesn't matter that i don't understand why you you get such leeway I, I i'm only going to give one of them well i gotta make a choice over here it's gonna be tough i guess See, I, going second's difficult because I never know what you're going to pick. So I, I, I'm, I'm basically ready. I'm padded. Well, well, you're uh, in padded, but you know, I'm padded. Boy, I'm are you in luck? Because yeah. what I did is for my AKA, I just completely made up my own title. This isn't, this isn't a, 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 oh. a quote from anybody. This, that is so weird. My fourth one is the same. I, I just made this up completely, and I said, <laughs> my, my episode title is. Faux shizzle, my grizzle. <laughs> That's so much better. Yeah. <laughs> nice job. Yeah. What you got? Uh, in the hizzle. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, my AKA is from your man crush, Ron Swanson, mm. <laughs> where, you know, they're, they're talking about uh, a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it, what, what, what Ben's uh, 
Oh, they figure out that Ben got distracted in the contract language because Star Wars Episode Seven was going to be coming out. And oh. They knew he was like focused on yeah. it and would like they'd sneak in this language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Ron's very confused and he says, "Is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think. Could you try again? <laughs> that is ridiculous. Oh my god! My god! Technology is turning on us as we Not speak. Not only is there a robot in our sound booth, right? Siri's listening to the whole conversation and trying to help us out. I do not like this data mining. No, I don't care for that. That no. was—I don't know if that got on the mic, but I'm going to hope it did. That's so, ridiculous. That is crazy. It. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I don't even know what to do. About I don't that. either. I'll tell you what, though. Let me tell you. You said you made yours up. I made up one too. You did. It dawned on me that all three storylines, even April's to some degree, let's call employment a contract, right? Yeah. They're kind of about contracts. All yeah, three. they are. So I said, really, the AKA for this episode could have been, if especially if CBS had written it, uh-huh. two and a half contracts. Wow. <laughs> contracts. Oh my God. You know, I, I, I think that, I wonder if Ben was as abhorred at Ron's statement about crossing Star Wars with a little magic boy as he was when Leslie tried to like do the Game of Thrones thing yes. and then talks about a freaking starship. Like you don't cross you genres. Don't, you don't you cross just those streams. Don't. No, you don't do that again. I, I'll tell you what, I don't think so because I don't think that's his fandom. Yeah, I think but, you're right. But where it is, boy, does he get it. He takes it personally. Yeah, he gets yeah. persnickety about he it. He really does. Well, hey, uh, why don't we get into our uh, episode breakdown? All right, let's break it down, break it down. All right, so we start out our cold open, very good place to start. We we travel to Leslie and Ben's house, where we see uh, them both standing in front of a cork board, an easel, and they're they're working on possible ways to defeat Grizzle. And in fact, that's the title at the top, Ways to Defeat Grizzle. Yeah. And unfortunately, Leslie is getting frustrated. Okay, here we go. Hey, uh, hey, Robostantine? <coughs> hey, uh... Play the clip, please. <sighs> Forget it. It's impossible. It's not going to work in a million years. It's pointless. I give up. Hmm. Good attitude, honey. Well, you know, <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm trying to get a group of people to give me their land rather than sell it to Grizzle for $90 million. Right now, my basic argument is please give us the land. It would be so nice. Hmm. <laughs> Grizzle has billions of dollars. There's no way I beat them. Hey, I've seen you beat tougher odds than this. They're just a company. They're not that powerful. Whoa, open your door? Don't do it. Ah! Oh my God, Ben! We're about to die! Good Lord! Oh my, the robots have come for us! I made fun of you when you said it would happen, but your novel has come true! <laughs> hey, Leslie Nope, please enjoy this free gift, courtesy of Grizzle. Okay, so they also have a squadron of flying robots giving presents to everyone. Later! We're screwed! (laughs) Wow. Oh my god. Yeah, I don't know, Mark. Uh, That's a little frightening. It's definitely startling, and I would say a little frightening. Although, I I will say one thing that I think takes the edge, maybe off of the pure terror aspect of it, is, if I'm not mistaken, I, I think that the drone has the voice of Mike Bean. It hey, is. Hey, Leslie, nope. It is Mike Bean, who's kind of disappeared since Roscoe came on the scene. I think he got eaten by the robot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. He, now he is the robot. Don't. Hey, don't. No. Don't, don't get any ideas. 
He looked a little too excited at that. Yeah, I, think I, I don't care for that. Windows update, buddy. Check and see if there's a new update out there. We can kind of push. Can yeah. we? Can we force an update? I think we're gonna try. Get in the command line and do something about that. Yeah, or switch them over to Linux. I don't know. Oh my God! Don't do that. No. Well, Mark, uh, let's move on from the cold open. And following that, we head over to Tom's Bistro, where Tom is busy distracting himself over Lucy, and Andy gives him the perfect project to help out. That's right. That's right. We we cut over to Tom's Bistro, and we see Andy uh, trying out, at, at Tom's request, I think, some new dishes that Tom's been having his chefs work on. Yeah, there, there's no way he even could taste that dish he ate it so fast. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just gone. So, yeah, we, we quickly learn two things. Yeah. A, Andy eats food so quickly, it's almost not perceivable to the human eye. Yep. And second, B, Tom is working on these dishes on account of he's trying to distract himself on account of Lucy is visiting her boyfriend Conrad in Chicago and he's ripped. I hate that. Anyway, so trying to help Tom stay distracted, Andy tells him about a contract that the station manager wants him to sign. The contract says that the, the station, I, I think, will op- own the rights to Johnny Karate, but Andy wants to own the character on account of that's him. Right. This, plus the fact that Andy only gets paid $100 a week, inspires Tom to step in as Andy's agent and help him renegotiate his contract. Well, Andy said $100 is pretty fair because all he does is goof around all day, write, direct, and produce a TV show, act in it, set ups, do props, wardrobe, and at the end, he drives everybody home. That's pretty fair. I mean, 100 bucks a week, man. Yeah. So Stop complaining. Uh, H- Hank's got him over the coals there. He didn't even know it. Yeah. So, thank God Tom's looking out for him. I think he's having fun, though. He's having fun and that when you're sometimes when you like your job, it doesn't, those things don't matter as much to you. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when that happened? Hmm. I got to go in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. 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 We, I think we're going to need a more powerful time machine. We will we need a more powerful time machine. Go back that far. Yeah. A couple jobs. Well, meanwhile, over at the Parks Department, Donna is comparing notes with Leslie and Ben when it comes apparent that Grizzle is not just guessing at people's likes and dislikes. Yeah. Yeah. We we cut to uh, City Hall, the third floor to be precise, where yeah. we uh, go to Leslie's office where we see... An angry Donna sitting with Leslie and Ben, telling them Grizzle has crossed a line. And they kind of look at her confused, like, what are you talking about? And Donna explains, look, a flying Grizzle drone dropped off a free package for her Mm, as well. For Donna, yeah. But the contents, two honey bears and a canister of sugar plums, show a reference to special names, honey bear and sugar plum, that she and Joe have for each other and that no one else Mm -hmm. should know. Well, Leslie then opens her box because she hadn't opened it yet. She was going to send it back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And and her box contains uh, Joe Biden's book, Biden the Rails, (laughs) a thousand and one poems inspired by my travels through Amtrak's Northeast (laughs) Corridor. A thousand? Holy crap. And then also a poster of the Supreme Court justices sipping the Friends milkshake. So on the, on the one hand, Leslie sees this and she's overjoyed because talk about custom tailor made for her. Perfect. And she is momentarily excited, but then Ben suggests, look, this is, I think, pretty clear, even indirect evidence, but pretty clear that Grizzle must be data mining the contents Mm -hmm. on her phones and her computers, blah, 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 Grizzle pads, which is a huge invasion of privacy. And Ben is particularly incensed by this because when Grizzle installed free Wi-Fi in Pawnee, he made sure that there was explicitly language in the contracts preventing this. Mm -hmm. Regardless, Donna has had... It and yep. is ready to take down Grizzle. And Leslie is only too happy to join her. 
Nobody's going to put Donna on blast. Nobody. Nobody puts Donna in a corner. No, not even Donna. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Well, out in the bullpen, we learn from Craig that it is intern season at the Parks Department. And maybe more interestingly, that he is also a night guardian. And Mark, I got to tell you, that doesn't shock me. I'm just glad he's finally getting help. Yeah, he's now yeah. part of the MCU. He's a night guardian. <laughs> night guardian. Um. <laughs> it's a new character, the night guardian. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the night guardians, they're... They're a slow crawling animal. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's is it is it, it makes me think of Elmer Fudd like it's intern season. I'm hunting interns. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, we're still on the third floor city hall and we cut to April's desk and we see Craig walking up to talk to her. Craig asks and then begs April to talk to the new park department interns that are starting today. April kind of hems and haws and she's not real excited about it and she tries to say no, but Craig is very persistent. And then finally April says, fine, whatever, I'll do it. So she sounds. And then the scene ends with an April talking head where she gives us a little insight into her, um, I don't know, her mindset, I guess. Like yeah. she's still clearly bothered by not knowing where she's going next in her life. And it seems like she's at least in part, at least blaming her original internship with the parks department as some sort of a catalyst that made her life apparently so directionless. This is at least what she's thinking. So, you know, hang on for that. Well, I'll tell you what, when we do get a chance to talk about that later, I finally figured it out. You did. I did. And you know what? I, while I'm still mad at her for not appreciating what she has, yeah. I finally think I understand why she feels this way. And I'm going to share it with you later. You tell me if you think I'm right. All right. Well, I'm glad you figured it out. Yeah. She sure hasn't. Because someone needs to. That's right. Well, dot, dot, dot. Well, it's been a few minutes since we've had a good old-fashioned town hall, and our wait is finally over, Mark. Take it away, crazy Pawneeans. Absolutely, freaking lutely We cut to council chambers, which, you know, Alan, it's interesting. Through the run of the series, we've had, like, town halls and public forums, and yeah. we've had them in a variety of places, but it seems like over... Definitely season six and seven, and I want to say even the majority of season five, it always seems like these town halls or public forums have taken place in council chambers. Often. If they're not at like a public elementary or something, they're usually here. And they have had those, but it seems like that was like earlier seasons. Yeah, you're right. Definitely like probably from season four on, we've pretty much been here. It seems yeah, like it. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. So we, we now cut to ch council chambers where Leslie and Ben are holding a public forum to talk about specifically Grizzle invading people's privacy. And so, the, Alan, this is a very, very funny scene that features some of the the crazy, crazy uh, Pawneean citizens that we've known to grow in love, such as Pearl, oh, uh, yeah. played by Mike Scully from Simpsons fame. Yeah, uh, and, Pearl's and, great. And Chance Frenholm, Frenholm, the guy who always likes to start Chance. I remember how that just blew my mind when I realized that his first name, Chance, C-H-A-N-C-E, -C -E. likes to start Chance, C-H-A-N-T-S. And I was like, oh, I never realized yeah, I know. that. Somebody had a little snicker at that. You know they did. Well, it was me after I realized what I was doing. <laughs> anyway, so it, it, Leslie finds this public forum a little bit different than the others because in this case, the entire crowd seems to be agitated by Grizzle's actions as well. And mm. apparently are completely on Leslie's side. And the scene ends with a Leslie talking head where we can see her getting excited about the increasing opposition against Grizzle. Oh, yeah. Like you got the town is behind her. Yep. Don is behind her. And the next domino to fall, Ron freaking Swanson. Swanson. Yeah. 
Well, and, and chant, chance actually starts a new chant here based on because she says you're not you're not against me on this and they're like we're not against you on this we're right, not right. against you on this which is so. both encouraging and also a reminder <laughs> that like don't get too don't egotistical get we're it's not with this. you on everything yeah we're not against you on this <laughs> surgically just wait till tomorrow i i did like how pearl played by mike scully oh my god yeah. So his his big thing here yeah. that he reveals because he's like crazy. He is, and, nuts, and he yeah. has apparently celebrity pig dolls. Yeah, they're like little pig dolls. And he mentioned uh, ha- Hamuel L. Jackson from Pork Fiction. <laughs> well, Leslie actually holds it to demonstrate. You know, she's going after Swanson next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's what is it? It's um. Tom Selloink? Tom Selloink. You hit it. Yeah, that's it. Well, Tom Selloink from Magnum P.I. Right. G. Oh, yeah. They didn't have that. They did not. They should have had it. That that writes itself. You want want to hear some others? Yeah. Stephen Colbert. (laughs) Okay. How about about, uh, Ham Solo, played by Hammison Ford? Hammison Ford, yeah. yeah. Um, Brad Pig. (laughs) Yeah. Neil Portrick Harris. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you don't even have to alter these. John Hamm. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Miss Piggy. There you go. Boom. Nice. Yeah. Pearl would be excited about this conversation. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah he'd yes. like he'd like take notes. You know, because it's not it, they they have no right to give him things that he will cherish. How no. dare they? No. How dare they? <laughs> but he is keeping Tom Selling. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, from from there, the action continues at JJ's, where Leslie and the anti-Grizzle gang are attempting to recruit a new member, one with his own fabulous manly mustache. Yeah, we now cut to JJ's diner, where we see Leslie, Ben, and Donna sitting with Ron, and they're catching up, and and, and most importantly, eating some delicious, delicious breakfast food. Well, sure. After showing Leslie a photo of his own son, John, I I don't think we've seen him at all since Ron brought him into the office. Um, he he tears up the picture after Leslie looked at it, so there's not a permanent record. Well, you know, sure, yeah. It, chalking it up because he wants to protect his son's privacy. Well, this is like when he went around town pulling down pictures of himself from the restaurant. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Sensing a good segue point because he's protecting his son's privacy. Yeah. Leslie pounces and she tells Ron about Grizzle's blatant, blatant uh, invasion of privacy. And then Ben hands Ron a large binder containing Grizzle's agreement with the town of Pawnee. And, and knowing Ron, Leslie is sure this will make Ron lose oh. his mind. Yep. But is then very surprised when Ron says, and I quote, I have no reaction to this. And like, why? Why? What? And when press, yeah. he goes on to say, I don't pass judgment on the workings of private businesses. And if people are foolish enough to carry around a doodad yep. that lets Grizzle track their every move, this is what they get. The scene ends with Donna telling Leslie and Ben that since she still technically works for Grizzle, at least for now, she can still pull a few strings at this point. She can get the two of them a private VIP tour of the building so maybe they can, you know, snoop around and uncover Mm. a little bit of dirt. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Well, and and Ben basically says it's illegal. And Ron says he does not believe that's true. He thinks that their lawyers are savvy enough to have 
put in language that will protect them based on his experience with them. Yeah, he thinks that the Grizzle lawyers are, yeah. they keep it 100. They do keep it 100. Yeah. Uh, I love it when Ron tries to do that. Like, it's uh, the only person more awkward speaking like that than Ron is maybe Leslie. And it's a, probably a two way tie. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, apparently Donna works fast and it's now time for the private tour of Grizzle to begin. And Leslie and Ben are nowhere to be found, but we're introduced to a pair of local hipsters instead. Yeah, we're introduced to Darlene Johansson and Gregory Strong, her assistant turned lover. This is just outstanding. It's I, so I don't know if this is Grizzle HQ. It's at least a Grizzle building. Yeah. And and we, we see Leslie and Ben are dressed up as hipsters wearing clothes that they, then the hats, though, the hats, and they think that's going to help them blend in. And sure. also, it's going to disguise totally like, who disguise they really them. are. I, had no idea. I didn't even recognize them because they're on the other team. And then we see them standing and talking with Grizzle's. Uh, VP of Cool New Shiz, Roscoe Santangelo, who has been apparently tasked with giving them the VIP tour of Grizzle. And Roscoe greets them, and Leslie really leans into her character's unnecessary backstory. But, you know, once they get past that, the tour begins. Now, has Leslie, I thought Leslie and Roscoe have met before. Um... Like, does she have real expectations that this this horrible disguise, it's basically not a disguise at all? Is I don't think her? that they have met because uh, okay. the first time that we saw Roscoe was when he called a meeting with Ron and Tom and Donna saying, hey, Leslie's doing all of this You're and right. we need to like get someone to local You're celebrity. You're right. No, she'd met with his, his, his uh, subordinates in the past, including Mr. Bean. Yeah, not that Mr. Bean. No, our Mr. Bean. That would have been funny. That would be funny, though. Mm. Yes, it would. Well, while we wait for Leslie and Ben to infiltrate the depths of Grizzle Compound, April is meeting with a new class of interns, and she's about to measure them up to see who is the most or possibly even the least potential. Yeah, yeah. We now cut to... uh... I think this is just like the old Parks Conference Room. That's what it felt like to me. I want to say. And we see April talking to three new Parks interns. Percy Katoub, Mike Harlemton, uh-huh. and Jen Ivanisi. Funny Love names. Love it. When April asks Percy, Mike, and Jen why they are there, Percy and Mike enthusiastically and cheerfully answer. And they give April good reasons as to why they'll probably be a good fit with the parks department. And they smile and stuff because they're all happy. Mm-hmm. Jen, on the other hand, acts and somewhat looks like April did when she was an intern. Very yep. aloof, deadpan, not really caring about anything. Yeah. Naturally, this makes April gravitate towards Jen, and she asks Jen to take a walk with her so that they can discuss more things in detail. Well, from there, we now join the taping of the Johnny Karate Show in progress, and we're introduced to the most fiendish of Johnny's nemesi, Puppy-Hating Dan. Oh, I hate that guy. You know, apparently, uh, Johnny is so scared of Puppy-Hating Dan, he's recruited a local FBI agent out of retirement. Unbelievable. Love it. Yeah. Nice, nice comeback. So we now cut to the recording studio of Johnny Karate, which I think is just, there's like a Pawnee Community Access building where I think they do all their, like their local yeah. cable stuff. All, all, all nine of Purge shows are there. Right. I yeah. think a, a, a Jones, Jones show. Jones is there, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- so they do that. And th- so they're, they're in the middle of recording a show. And this one apparently has Burley from Mouse rat, yeah, um, tied up in a chair, playing the character puppy hating Dan, <laughs> while Andy is in his Burt Macklin persona grilling him. Love so, it. <clears throat> hey, Robonstantine, uh, can you play the clip, please? <laughs> 
and action. We meet again, puppy-hating Dan. You stole my guitar, and you put farts in my lunch. <laughs> you really done it this time. Puppy army, attack! <laughs> what? No! I hate puppies! Oh. I'll admit to everything. Uh, you win again, Macklin. Another mystery solved. We'll be right back after this with some more Johnny Karate. Hey, that's lunch, everyone. We're back in 30 minutes. Great job, bud. You crushed it. I love being Andy's agent. He does all the work, and I get 10% just for showing up. It's like a chef at a restaurant making all the food, and then the owner gets a profit, which is my other job. Hmm. Man, I really got things figured out. Let's make this quick. Andy's show gets huge ratings in three cities. His Grizzle 2 page has millions of views. If you don't want Andy walking over to your rival station and snarling, I think you should start taking this seriously. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna upgrade the parking spot, but my son gets a role as one of the kid ninjas, all right? He's gonna love me for it. It's gonna drive my ex-wife crazy. <laughs> so far, so good, but uh, in the words of Jerry Maguire... The human head weighs eight pounds. No, show me the money. <laughs> Andy, do you know how lucky you are to work here? Hmm. I'm a kingmaker. Pip Wiley, mm. Chuck Warshank, mm. Selena Gomez, Ooh. I made them. You discovered Selena Gomez? Different Selena Gomez. <laughs> Look, I don't have the money for a race. Uh, yeah, you do. I've seen proper reports. The show's a bonanza. And he starts making 500 a week. Now. Get the hell out of my office. Sit down. Tom looks like he actually might be somewhat uh, potentially good at this. Yeah, he he's definitely a... Seems tenacious enough. He's yeah. not goofy. He's yeah. actually saying some legitimate stuff, and he's not backing down from yeah. Hank Muntalk. Well, and if you think about it, even in his first role in the Parks Department, when we first introduced Tom, he's working with vendors. He's he's kind of negotiating things. Yeah, I'd say so, that's true. Yeah, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Wouldn't necessarily have thought of agent, but hey, you know, everybody needs a third job. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, back at City Hall, April has separated the wheat from the chaff and is now doing her best to encourage one particular intern you know, in April's own special way. Yeah, she, she's separated the, the chaff from the really bland chaff. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, we cut back to City Hall where we see April continuing to talk with Jen. Because remember how she said, Let, let's walk and yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like on West Wing. Just West Wing. And April's asking her more questions about her life and what she wants to do with it. And, and as Jen continues to give April somewhat flip disinterested answers, which April loves, by the way, April finally tells Jen, look, I'm going to file papers to adopt you as my child. Make no mistake. But more importantly, don't do this internship. Go do something fun. And Jen looks at April and I think agrees with her and thanks her and walks off. Well, not only did she say to do something fun, she gave her three helpful suggestions. Yes. Control birds with your mind. Mm. Posting internet comments is Michael Jackson's ghost. Mm. So I guess two, but you know, those are so good. <laughs> I count them as three. Well, they're just examples. They really are. Yeah. I mean, do your own thing. Yeah. Those are starter starter ideas for you. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're catalysts. I love it. Well, we now jump back over to the Grizzle campus where the chill new hipster couple is about to learn some very important information. It's too bad Leslie and Ben are not here to, to hear this, Mark. All right. We now cut back to Grizzle HQ where we see Leslie and Ben, or at least a couple that looks like them, uh, continuing the tour with their guide, Roscoe. Uh, Robonstantine? <whistles> hey, uh, pal. Can you, can you play the clip? I'm um, sorry this building is so lame. As soon as we get our new headquarters built, it's gonna be way, way tighter. Check it, Maddie. 
Okay, this is Grizzle Vibe. It's this new app that we're developing that monitors your mood. Tell them about it. As you know, the cameras on your phones are always on, whether you're using them or not. I'm sorry, they are? This app uses <laughs> facial recognition software to track your expressions. It's always watching. Well, what do you do with this information? Well, if the camera senses that you're in a bad mood, then we could geomatch you to, say, the nearest cup of sweet pick-me-up java. But if you're in a good mood, then we could geo-nudge you to, like, a sweet coffee shop. You could just keep the good times rolling. So it's really just a coffee sales app. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're developing with Starbucks. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, Roscoe, how does Grizzle know all the things that someone wants? Are you guys... I don't know, whatever, data mining? Oh, hells yeah, dog man. Our super rad algorithm searches all your texts, calls, banking, medical records, blah, 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 <laughs> to learn what you really want. And from snacks to new books and movies to when you ladies need to score some new pawns. Eek. I mean, we might know you better than you know yourself, Leslie. <gasps> How did you know it was me? Oh, it was about 40 different ways. I mean, geomaps and all your different grizzle devices, and of course we face-scanned you when you came in. We're really glad you're here. Okay, good. Just because just we're competing for the Newport land doesn't mean that we can't be friends. Oh. Isn't that your motto? Wouldn't it be tight if everyone <laughs> was chill to each other? Mm. Totes. And I hope that you can see now that there's nothing scary about grizzle. I mean, we just want to learn everything about everyone and track them wherever they go and anticipate what they're about to do. Mm. These are really interesting issues. Roscoe, I think maybe we could debate them, you know, on TV. TV. Retro. I love it. All right. I'm going to grizzle Pat out of here. Skate mode activated. Oh, my God. Later, chillers. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I find impressive that they, they know when women are going to need coupons. Uh, that's amazing. Not it's not coupons. Oh, is that what they meant? No, it's That's something weird. else. Let's just move on. Uh, yeah, let's do. I, I was impressed that they finally perfected the the grizzle pad that becomes a skateboard. <laughs> I love it. I can't tell you how many iPods I've ruined <laughs> trying to make your own. Just okay, activated crunch. Uh, yeah, well, then you nothing. Know. Yeah, you get, the R and D labs they can help you out with that. That's strange. The battery seems to have failed, along with the structural integrity of the whole <laughs> instrument. Huh. That's weird. That's weird. These wheels turn to dust. Huh? Yeah. That's odd. Take that. iPod dust. iPod dust. I think it's iPad, technically. If you're skating on an iPod, that may be your problem. It's a little too small. I'm dieting. I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> but you're probably right. That's probably it. Yeah. Uh, well, if you were expecting a candidate-style debate at City Hall when you heard Roscoe agree to Leslie's challenge, then what happens next might surprise you. Tap, tap, tap. Mark, tell them what we're looking at here. Oh, I'm gonna. So we now cut to a show that we've never seen before. Love it. The Purdpoles Court <laughs> with your host, Purd Happily. Disclaimer, Judge Purd is not an actual judge. Love it. This is clearly meant, I think, yeah. as a homage slash parody of the classic TV court show, The People's Court. God, I hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. holy crap. Yeah. So we see Leslie backstage with Ben and Donna. And as the scene progresses, it becomes obvious that Leslie is planning to go on live TV with Roscoe Santangelo, VP of Cool New Chis, and debate whether or not Grizzle is doing anything illegal with their invasion of privacy, mm. blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, Ron appears. Because the show hasn't started right. We're, right. we're kind of on set, but we haven't we haven't queued up the cameras yet. I think Purd is telling them about the show and what will happen when people come on the show that they've decided to make. I think Purd's doing all that craziness. Yeah, he's doing and, that part. And they're yeah. backstage like 
preparing to yeah. go on live yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. So all of a sudden, Ron appears backstage, boink, to talk to Leslie and specifically to convince her to not go on television on account of um, he found something. And Ron hands Ben a large binder and it directs him to a certain packet passage. And then the passage references an amendment and the amendment directs him to an appendix. And then that reroutes him to another. Anyway, it doesn't matter. In the end, Ben finds a sub footnote that says Grizzle can gather and use any information they want. Ben is aghast at this and, and ashamed like he, he this like he takes it very personally he this was his responsibility and he knows that he carefully scanned the document on further inspection leslie realizes the revision date for these changes was december 18th 2015 which was the opening day of star wars episode 7 and since they knew that nerdy, 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 nerdy Ben would be <laughs> distracted, <laughs> that's when they sneakily planned to sneak in the change. That, this is where my AKA came from, actually, where, where Ron's confused by the whole thing and says, is Star Wars the one with the little wizard boy? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so good. Yeah, December 18th, 2015, The Force Awakens. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd say of the Star Wars prequels or uh, uh, postquels, whatever these are, <laughs> these are. I like these better than the prequels. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Hey. I don't know. It, it started out. If you like Jar Jar Binks, you know, I, I'm not going to talk you out of that. Go for it. I don't. It's not. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I have problems with the postquels and the prequels. Both, yeah, and I then have fewer issues with the post schools. Let's say it that way. I think it actually depends on how large the bucket of popcorn is I'm eating. That That's that, that depends. Yeah. That affects my mood. Yeah, I'm with Ron though. Harry Potter's better. Well, I don't think he said he's better. I just think no, he, he thinks that the it's Star Wars is, is about implying. the little wizard boy. <laughs> he he knows it all about pop culture. Ron does. Yeah, well, you're also wearing a Disney Frozen cap. So. I know. Shut up. <laughs> So, and I'm also wearing a very good wood, uh, wood working and development company shirt. Yeah, you're just you're mer mercurial today. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, Mark, back at the station manager's office, the heated negotiation continues, and once again, the management and talent are at classic loggerheads. You know, this uh, this reminds me of my own contract negotiations. So it does. Yeah. No, not really. Boy, you used to be the janitor as well at your job. I, I was, And yeah. drive everyone yeah. home. So yeah. you, you know how Andy feels. That's true. So yeah, we now cut to the office of station manager Hank Muntalk, where Tom continues to negotiate a better contract for Andy. On the plus side, Tom does seem to have made a difference. No more janitorial duties. Mm. He's a better parking spot. Right. Unlimited mics and ikes from the vending machine. Done, sold. And out, Andy's salary has gone from 100 a week to 500 a week. So, I mean, not bad. Andy says 500 what? Yeah. Dollars. Dollars. I mean, fair point. Yeah. You you have to have a, a unit along with a number. You do. Yeah. And since Andy isn't aware, that's how people are apparently paid. Yeah. He needs the clarification. Well, I mean, if it was pennies, that would be a downgrade. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. So, he's just uh, he's just uh, covering his Good to clarify, there. yes. Anyway, the, the contract... But what about the rights, Mark? What about the rights? Well, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. On account of the contract uh, still has the station owning the rights to uh, uh -huh. Johnny Karate, which, which apparently... Nah. I mean, Tom's made some good improvements, but this is a real sticking point mm -hmm. for Andy, who point blank tells Hank, if he can't get the rights to the character, he and him, Andy... He's going to walk. 
and he does. I, I I'm impressed with Andy at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Hank has a great talking head where he he no. tells the camera he tells the camera these I'm Hank Muntalk and he's making a big mistake. You know <laughs> I have six lower grade Lakes <laughs> Emmy awards. He once sat in the original Batmobile. I mean, Alan, he's someone. Well, and James Woods follows his niece on Twitter. Holy crap. I mean, how are you going to compete with that? That had to be the best joke of the whole episode. Yes. Yeah. Well, back at the Purd Bulls court, we're backstage, and Ben is really beating himself up over these contract details. And so far, a couple others are lining up to help him. We cut back to the backstage at the Purd Bulls Bulls court. That's hard to say. It's hard to say, Where we see Ben, as you said, he's freaking out a little bit. He... He takes this very personally. He continues. He considers this a personal failure on his part, and he's sure everyone will hate him for this. It's Ice Town all over again. Oh dear God! And Ron has little sympathy. Simply saying, if you're going to sign the legally binding document, you need to read it thoroughly. Leslie tries to give Ben some quick words of comfort before she walks away to go appear on TV. Yeah. I, I, I'm with Ron, but boy, did they do everything they could to make it hard to find that subtext. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and, and Ron doesn't really have a lot of space to talk here because the only contract he's ever signed was this Mulligan Steakhouse club card. And he put a fake name on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, less. Less, less ve- vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> That's my second favorite joke of the episode. So, yeah. yeah. Well, back at the Parks Department. And, and I'm okay with saying that, right? Because it's really now just like the National Parks Department. Yeah. Yeah. So Craig is missing an intern, and he does his best to help April see her last 10 years through a different lens. Well, and it is literally the Parks Department in the original sense, because we're cutting oh, back yeah. to Craig's office. That's true. We're back on that floor. That's right. That's a good point. So we cut to City Hall, first floor, where we see April walking into Craig's office. Um, <clears throat> Ro Bonstantine? Hey there, buddy there. Can you, can you very kindly play the clip? You wanted to see me? Yes. Can you tell me where Jennifer is? I convinced her to quit. Oh, Martha Stewart's apron line, my tomato plants. Oh God, I'm out. Where's my emergency list? Recently, I've been feeling like I've wasted the last 10 years of my life and it all started with this internship and I don't want those kids to make the same mistake, okay? April, you spent the last 10 years doing amazing things with this parks department and learning from the greatest teacher in this or any business, Leslie freaking Nope. You'd be a checkout girl at a gas station if it wasn't for that internship. Sweet potato pie, unlikely animal friend pairings. Jennifer, love Hewitt. You're lucky to have worked here, no matter what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I think you know that. And now if you'll excuse me, I have to go find a new intern. So I have two thoughts about that. Yeah. One is, I really like this scene. Um, I, I didn't anticipate Craig being the 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 path taken to like direct April to like what the heck she Surprised should be aware too, of, but, but, but good, it. good for him. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is, you know, I, I don't know if we made it clear that the, one of the running gags here, since he's a, a night guardian yeah. is they said like when he first came to April and said, please, please, please talk yeah. to my interns. At first she said no. And he starts reciting this list of seemingly random, yeah, yeah. like cool She's stuff. Like, what are you doing? And he said that to not resort to his, prior just screaming uh, angry self dr richard nygaard 
<laughs> has directed him to list off things that he likes to mm. kind of calm himself down and, and you know, which I mean, I'm kind of impressed with because that I'm going to try it to stop him from screaming when he's upset. Impressive. That is not a me. There's no small thing. Yeah. Because just listening to this, this sounds like a new Craig. And that's why. Well, and that's just it. Like when when Craig tells April, like, look, here's the deal. He sounds very measured mm-hmm. and purposeful, which which I like Craig. Yeah. But that doesn't sound like something he would typically yeah, do. So good for him. I wonder if it works in the opposite way. If we find things that agitate him, if we could send him over the edge. See the deleted scenes. I lo- yeah, that's true. Yep. It did. Well, back at the Purple's court, uh, I'm just going to say the People's Court. It's a lot easier. The testimonies are finally underway. And as usual, we begin with the plaintiff. And in this case, the verdict hangs on one important factor. The definition of chill. Mm, mm. That's a toughie. Yeah, it's toughy. Yeah, we now cut back to the Purple's Court, where Leslie and Roscoe are now on live TV with Judge Purt. Disclaimer, not a judge. Um, hey, hey uh, Robonstantine? <whistles> I'm sorry to bother you again. I know you're on an oil break, but can you play this clip, please? Now, Leslie, I understand that what you've brought to the show isn't a box of objects, but rather a symbolic box of allegations. Well, Purd. It's Judge Purd. Oh. Okay. Um, I think there are certain <laughs> questions uh, about certain aspects of certain parts of this situation that require mm. an evaluation about whether or not this is or is not a valid argument. Extremely well put. <laughs> Excuse me, Judge Purd. I'm Ben Wyatt, city manager. What Grizzle is doing with our private information may not technically be illegal, but it's definitely not chill. Whoa, that's a serious allegation, homie. We are hella chill. <laughs> mm. And frankly, if you don't like our vibe, you don't have to use our shiz. Well, we kind of do. I mean, the internet is no longer optional. It's a necessity for everyone. And I think you do know that data mining isn't chill because you snuck it into the 27th update of a 500-page user agreement. A person should not have to have an advanced law degree to avoid being taken advantage of by a multi-billion dollar company. And you should be upfront about what you're doing and allow people the ability to opt out. To be honest, Judge Purd is stumped by this case. Mm. I've also misplaced my judge hammer. Mm. I cannot render a verdict here. Mm. Therefore, I must declare a mistrial, which is a term I've heard people use in the movies. Mm. Tap, tap, tap. Case ended. <laughs> and we're clear. All right, later, dude. <laughs> Roscoe's so unfazed. I love it. He's unfazed. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. I, I love how there's a, there's a little TV banner that comes up every time some reference, like, you know, it, Judge corrects, or Bird corrects, uh, Leslie yeah. says, it's Judge, judge Bird. Bird. Uh, TV disclaimer, not a judge. That's right. Or that. even when, you know, uh, I've misplaced my judge hammer. TV banner. <laughs> gavel. Gavel. <laughs> <laughs> tap, tap, tap. I think this was, this was a relatively important scene because... Yeah. We see a couple things happen here, and and one of them, which I think was kind of understated, but it was kind of brilliant, is Ben has a history, a very, very, very clear history of not being good live on the air on radio. Yeah, He's not good live on the air on TV. Yeah. He freaks out. He tends to panic, which I love manic Ben, yeah. but it's not good for him right. when he does that. And yet he stepped up and 
kept his composure. Yeah. I think that's pretty impressive. I think it's because he's compartmentalized the moment, right? And he's got to get this this thing said. He's put that to the back of his mind or maybe out of his mind. We'll see, right? But I, I do also like that. I feel like this is a bit of a tie-in to Craig speaking truth to April, right? Ben is kind of speaking truth to Grizzle with the whole, and I think you know that, right? right. Like 500-page user agreement, ridiculous. Right. The fact that you feel like you didn't accomplish anything here in 10 years, ridiculous. So I don't know. I feel a lot of you know themes running together here. So, I agree. I wonder if they did that on purpose. Yeah. Good writing. Well, Mark, as the court case wraps up, so does Andy's contract negotiations. And it turns out that Tom can be quite persuasive when he needs to be. Yeah, we now cut to Tom's Bistro. And remember, Andy has walked out. Yeah, he left. Right. And 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 we now cut to Tom's Bistro and we see Andy walking in to talk to Tom. He tells Tom, hey, I think I can get a job at the station as a janitor, <laughs> which makes sense on account of he was doing the janitorial duties before, sure. you know, Tom yeah. renegotiated his contract. So not <laughs> like now there's an opening. Wow. Anyway, Tom tells Andy, you know, put down the mop, bud. I did it. Like, I, I got you the rights. To Johnny Karate. And then, like, Andy's overjoyed. And then we see a brief flashback as to exactly when how. When he's impressed with Tom, it's like, man, how'd you do it? Yeah. And we see a brief flashback on it as to how Tom did it. And which was basically crying like a baby and pleading, <laughs> like, please. Like, and to please let us have it. Please let us have it. I really want to do good for my friend. And I'm dating this girl. And I don't know where it's going. And you can eat at my restaurant for free if you want. And I think Hank ended up agreeing just so Tom would shut up and I leave. So. Like he was so yeah. uncomfortable yeah. with the whole thing. Get out. Uh, yeah. Hey, play to your strengths, right? Yeah, fair enough. If it works, it works, right? Yep. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, back at the Parks Department, it turns out that Craig's words definitely had an impact on April, and we get a chance to see exactly what she did with his advice. That's right. We we once again cut to the first floor of City Hall and, and we see Craig. I think he's arriving to work in the morning and he walks into the bullpen and he sees April waiting for him. And April apologizes to Craig for screwing up his life and offers mm. to make up for it by giving him a bunch of new potential interns to replace Jen. And April turns around and points at six or seven new interns who like wave cheerfully at Craig and Craig, I think, is a little impressed and, and surprised by this and, and asks her how she did it. And April admits she asked herself what Leslie would do and kind of channeled Leslie. You know, she she went to work. She started handing out flyers and canvassing yep. the college, like all the things that we've heard Leslie do countless times in the past. Oh, yeah. Craig is very appreciative and notes, whether jokingly or not, that maybe April should add telling people what to do to her perfect job description as she continues to search for the perfect job yeah good advice yeah and she immediately uses it on him go to therapy seven times a week stop dressing like that and give me your wallet <laughs> which he responds by reciting nice things <laughs> yeah once again Victor garber james garmer jennifer garber he goes alphabetical now i love that yeah that so he's organized that was terrific that this also help you remember things too if you're alphabetical yes. Well, we jump back to Tom's Bistro where Tom is welcoming Lucy back to town. And we learn along with Tom whether or not his fears were founded or not. You know, a.k.a. is her boyfriend really ripped? Yeah, yeah. Does he do crunches? I hate that he does crunches because he really should do crunches. Um, We now come back to Tom's Bistro and we see Lucy arrive back from her trip to Chicago. And Tom and Lucy make some small talk and Tom quickly learns that Lucy broke up with Conrad. 
Well, because he's got a name like Conrad, first of all. Yeah, he does. And he, he does way too many crunches, so he doesn't have much time for a social life <laughs> on account of all the crunches. Yeah. Anyway, instead of pouncing on the moment romantically, like you might think the old Tom maybe would do. I was a little impressed, yeah. Tom opts to simply act as a friend. Like he's happy to discuss um, harmless but fun things with yeah. her just to take her mind off it. Yeah. Like the shade Nicki Minaj threw at Jesse Eisenberg at the BAFTAs, <laughs> which I think... Lucy really appreciated, like I said, for a distraction, if nothing else. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Now, it's it's amazing when Tom does the right thing. It's it's always uh, impressive. It's like thunder, because <laughs> historically, know. it hasn't happened that often. It's not one of his strengths previously. Let's just it's say It's not that. one of his strengths, yeah. but he's much better at it now. Yeah, he's he's grown. I think we're seeing that. Yep. As, as has April, apparently. Yes. Well, we now jump back to the Nope Wyatt household and wrap up our A story with our kicker and come full circle as we revisit the theme of death by our robotic overlords. No offense, Robonstantine. Please uh, don't kill Mark in his sleep tonight. Don't. He, buddy, Alan doesn't mean it. I think, I think that you're making, you're doing a great job. Uh, you're per, I love you. You can't say that stuff to him. He's always listening. His camera is always on. See, right. I didn't know that. Sorry. I, <clears throat> okay. So we, we now cut to Leslie and Ben's house. This is the kicker, right? And and it's now nighttime. Yeah. It's kind of stormy outside. We hear the rain and thunder. And, and Leslie has just finished getting the triplets to sleep. Hey, buddy. Could you, uh, could you please play us out? Thank you. Oh. <sighs> They're all down. Thank God. Sometimes I think they're somehow the first humans who don't need sleep. Look, this grizzle thing, it's complicated, but this isn't Ice Town. You have done so much for this town, and people know that. I'm just sorry we couldn't find something illegal on Grizzle. If we're gonna stop them and you're gonna beat them on the Newport land, we need more ammo. Mm-mm. We need to talk. Uh-oh. What is that? This is a flying robot I just shot out of the sky after it delivered a package to my house. I thought you didn't like to pass judgment on this. The package was addressed to my son. Uh Uh-oh. Who is four years old and does not own a grizzled doodad. Somehow the robots looked at Diane's computer and learned something about my child and then brought him a box of presents. So I destroyed the robot. No one is safe from these bastards. Tell me what to do, Leslie. I want to help you take them down. (laughs) That's so satisfying. That is one of the most Uh, marvelous, not only kickers, but one of the most fantastic Ron moments, I'm going to say, in the entire series. Oh, yeah. I mean, and and her reaction to it is is so satisfying. And I, I have something that I specifically want to say about that, but I'm going to wait for the scoring, but just to describe this, because this is, you could hear it, but this is extremely visual. So, you know, we hear the doorbell ring. Yeah. Leslie and Ben go to answer the door and, and we see a scene out of a horror film. Ron is standing there (laughs) scowling in the pouring rain, thunder rumbling, the carcass in his hand, drenched a shotgun over his shoulder holding in the other hand a mechanical nightmare. Yeah. And, and you know, at the end where he's like, you know, tell me what to do, Leslie. I want to help you take him down. Thunder, yes. you know, lights. And he, I mean, he looks at that moment so intense and menacing 
it's like, holy crap. I I mean, it's so effective. Yeah, I, I don't want to piss Ron Swanson off. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Son, I didn't know you had a son. That's nice. Walk away. Yeah. And then, you know, Leslie has a wide smile on her oh, yeah. face as she's like, I got Ron on my side now. Yeah. Now well, we're going to kick some butt. Which to date, they really haven't because he, he, he opted out, right? I mean, technically, which. Right. Well, he opted out in the sense that he opted to not use Grizzle's stuff. Not that Grizzle gave him the option to opt out. I know, but what I meant by that was he he opted out of the the fight against Grizzle to date. This has changed his mind. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sign him up now. I think he I think he was neutral. Like I, I yeah. think that, that deep down he's like, I get what you're saying. But I'm not going to pass judgment because it's the libertarian in him, right? right Which right, right, makes right. sense. It's 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 on character for sure. And at that point, he's right. Like you you are kind of giving them your stuff. It's your choice. But this was a drone too far. Yes, nice. Yeah, very nice. Thank job. you. Well, fade to we're black. not going to do any better than that. <laughs> let's uh, fade to black. Yeah, let's take a break, Mark. Um, get our notes together for the for the wrap up here, and then we'll come right back and finish it up. Let's do it, man. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. After recently being chastised by Johnny Law for personally filling in a pothole without permission from the city, I opted to do a few hours of community service in order to wipe the slate clean. Ridiculous? Yes. Worth it? Totally. Otherwise, I never would have met my lovely wife and owner of said pothole, Diane. At any rate, my community service coordinator put me in touch with LFP-TV to see if I could fill in for the regular announcer on The Purdpole's Court, Doug Lurpus, and wanting this ridiculousness to be over and done, I agreed. What's that? You don't believe me? Well, then strap in because what you are about to hear are some excerpts from my cold reads during rehearsals. Ready on set, everyone. The Purdpole's Court. Take one. This is the Purple's Court, a legal debate show about issues facing residents of Southern Indiana, with your host, Judge Purd Hapley. This is the plaintiff, April Ludgate Dwyer. She says the defendant started to loudly lead a chant at her place of work, and she finds it annoying. She's suing the defendant for not being able to concentrate at work and for doing dumb stuff. This is the defendant, Chance Frenholm. He says that he can start a chant whenever he wants. In fact, it's kind of his thing and she should deal with it. Ugh. This is ridiculous. People watch this? Cut. Ron, you can't swear on Access TV. All right, all right, that one got away from me. I'm just getting warmed up. Once again, the Purdpole's court. Take two. This is the plaintiff, J.J. Lipscomb, owner of J.J.'s Diner. He says the defendant came into his establishment, got completely naked, and started writhing around on the tables, causing his patrons to flee. He's suing the defendant for lost wages and just generally being icky. This is the defendant, Tammy Swanson. Oh, this. I am not taking part in this. Cut. Ron, you're killing me. Come on. Now, look, you can't blame me for that one. Okay, let me see what else we can find for you to do around here. Okay, the Purple's Court. Take three. 
This is the plaintiff, Ann Perkins. She says the defendant came to her Halloween party, was rude, and left early, taking a bottle of wine and a random book on the way out. She's suing the defendant for the cost of the wine and the book due to party foul. This is the defendant, Dr. Harris. He says Anne's party was extremely lame, he had no interest in this party in the first place and only went because the nurses badgered him into going. He's denying any wrongdoing and is in fact countersuing the plaintiff for, quote, anything she has that isn't stupid which is probably nothing, end quote. I mean, have you been to the nurses' parties? They truly suck. Cut. Ron, sorry. This is just not working out. Is there anything, anything at all you can do here to help? Hmm. How about I be the bailiff and just stand there and look menacing? Fine. Anything to help us wrap this up is fine by me. Hey, Rusty, how is your announcer voice? And there you have it, my brief foray into the inner machinations of the criminal justice system. I have been instructed to tell you that you should tune in to the new season of The Purple's Court, airing Thursdays at 8.30pm on LFP TV, right after Pawnee What If. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. everybody we're back well mark you know what we will do what we normally do and talk about deleted scenes first and yeah. uh this one we had a few we had seven in fact um four minutes and 57 seconds worth i so, thought that these largely were outstanding i liked them i i i really think that this would have done well as a producer's cut i had the exact same thoughts i thought these clips were strong i like the health screening patch they put on there where we find out how actually unhealthy leslie is yeah <laughs> That was funny. Too much sugar, not enough sleep. That's right. It's buggy. That's right. Uh, has never flossed. <laughs> oh, She's like, oh, this thing needs calibration. Right. Yeah. I thought that was good. I mean, the, that Ben actually realizes he's on live TV and freaks out. Like, because he didn't really think about it, right? He just jumped up there. Like, that actually gets drawn out in one of the scenes. Well, and, and like before, like I, I want to say season three, yeah. When he had his first big freak out on live TV, yes. there's a nice callback from that in the deleted yeah. scene where he's like, I keep on hearing a bird. Do you not hear a bird? Because yes. he did that then, he too. Did that that then. is hilarious. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, that's good. I love Freak Out Ben. Yeah, Freak Out Ben is one of my favorite Bens. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's more about the negotiations, Tom trying to be, maybe even be Burley's manager. Um, there's some grizzled testimonials uh, additions with our, with our buddy there, you know, the cool new shiz guy. I mean, April's first day with the interns, like there, there's more backstory on that. She doesn't initially even want to speak with them, but Craig makes her. And like, I don't know, there's just there's enough stuff here. It would have rounded out the episode in a different way, I think. Right, right, right. We we one of the deleted scenes actually gives uh, technology loving Morris Lurpus oh some my speaking God. lines. Yes, love it. Which was really funny. Apparently his Google search is Leslie Nope married. Leslie Nope's feet. <laughs> oh, yikes. And that's funny. Yes, that was very funny. And people yeah. are like, Morris. So, yeah. Because I know that that it's not uncommon for you and I, I think, to say, 
The lead scenes were very pretty good, yeah. but I see why they chose these to yeah. cut. I really, really, really like these deleted scenes. I mean, mathematically, I see why they cut these. Right. And I feel like that comment we're, we're talking about that we usually make, I'm going to make in 7.6 because there's a lot of them. Mm. And they're not all great. They're not all winners. Here, I felt like all seven of these, certainly five of them, were, were worthy, screen worthy. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I would like to have seen our, you know, 26 minute episode here, but we didn't get it. So, you know, maybe when we're retired from the podcast here in a month or so, we'll, we'll go actually do what I threatened to do all along and make some special episodes. That would be hilarious. Get sued and then move on. There you go. Right, so, right. Yeah. All right. Well, Mark, uh, I think that covers deleted scenes. Let's get into our tropes first and fun facts. What'd you get on first this week? I had a couple. Uh, I said the first time that we're introduced to the Purple's Court. Yep. I don't know if it makes a comeback. I, I know, I know if we're it here does, at the tail end of yeah. the series, but yeah. I, I, I like the Purple's yeah. Court so much I wanted to call it out. They may be our sponsor today. I'm not even sure. Yeah, they may be. Uh, first time we see a picture of Ron's son since he brought him into work once in season oh, yeah. six. Yeah. My, Michael? John. John. It's, John it's, Swanson. It's, it's Michael John. John Michael. Uh, Michael's his middle name. That's where I got Michael. Ah, John Michael Swanson. All right, crazy man. All right, so I, I think, and I think you said this too. This is the first time that we can recall that Leslie ran a public forum that basically had the town one hundred percent behind behind her, her public support. That crazy. was huge. Yeah, because usually she's kind of a punching bag for she them. She very much is. Yeah. Um, first time we learn that Lucy breaks up with her Chicago boyfriend, That's so now true. she's single. Yeah. Uh, first time, I think this is true. The first time that we learn that Craig is seeing therapist Dr. Richard Nygaard. Yes. And I, I, on a related note, I think that this qualifies. The first time that we see Craig deal with a stressful situation without eventually yelling. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. a good one. I didn't think about that one. What you got? Um, I just, just a couple extras. I said it's the first time we see Grizzle drones. So oh, first, yeah. First time that we are aware that Grizzle is data mining. We're not shocked by it, but it's, right. it's fully called out here. Good call. I wrote down, it's the first time the phrase that a, uh, so in the cast list, you know, there's fun with names always, right? I'm sure that's going to hit our tropes here in a second. It's the first time I've ever seen the phrase, the, the character was described, you know, it's like Fred, right? Fred in the audience. Right. This one is, the character description is, Blotchy bald husband. <laughs> and I'm certain it's a last, but I thought I have to mention that one because it just made me laugh out loud. That is fun. Yeah. How about tropes while we're on it? All right. I got um, Leslie loves Biden. Oh, yeah. I missed that. I don't know how I missed that. Um, yes. Leslie loves breakfast food. Oh, yes. Ron loves breakfast food. Yeah, I got food. that one. Ron loves privacy. Yeah. Ron hates vegetables. Yeah. Swanson giggled. <laughs> yeah. Um, fun with names all over, all the, over place. the place. Yeah. Lousy with lurpuses. Yeah. Because of Morris Lurpus. Yeah, Morris, yeah. Um, even though we only had speaking lines yeah. in the deleted scenes, That's but right. he was still there. That's right. Um, sweet, stupid Andy. Yep. Alter egos, both Johnny Karate and Burt Macklin. Oh, that's good. I like alter egos. I forgot we did that one. Um, I said, <laughs> I said Tom's a crier. In the sense that his his quote secret yeah. weapon, he's kind of gone that route. He before. has. I didn't think of it that way, but you're exactly right. Um, April is. I don't know the best way to say this. April is unsure about her life that yeah. has happened before, and she's continuing to feel this ennui. April's drifting is what I wrote. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, public forums uh, slash town hall slash yeah. crazy, crazy ponians. Yeah. Um, Ice town clown. Nice. And uh, I said, 
Ben's nervous on TV. Mm. Oh, and uh, Ben's a nerd. Ben's a nerd. Yeah, that was on there too. Because yeah. Star Wars and yeah. you know it's a little wizard boy and blah yeah. blah blah. Yeah. Um. So I've got Game of Thrones. Very nice. Yeah, because of the Robert Gregor Strong. Gregor Strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Tom, I've got TLL, which is either Tom loves Lucy or Tom likes Lucy. Oh. I'm going with loves. I think he does. I think he doesn't maybe not realize that yet, but I think if, if he's got a person out there, he should be with. It might be Lucy. We'll, we'll see, right? Right, right. Um, I wrote down PBJ question mark. Is there any PBJ here? Like it's like sometimes we it's really apparent to me and we it's obvious. If it was here today, I missed it. Well, there's no PBJ because there's, there's no J. There's no J. He's literally not in this episode. He is in six. That's okay. That's where my because I we kind of prepared these together, so I think I had a little bit of slippage. There. Alan, you and I both know that peanut butter cannot exist without the jelly. It cannot. Uh, now, it can exist without grape jelly. Mm. You can choose a good jelly. Mm. That's all I'm going to say about that. Well, I think we have the theme for a new podcast once <laughs> this did. is done. Yeah, that'll last about four episodes and we'll be done. Yeah. It Better really than four would. years. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be short lived. It'll be short lived, yeah. Mm. I, I wrote mugs to the camera because I think I saw at least one, but oh, it might have one. been in the deleted scenes. So I'm not sure it's official. It may not be canon. Um, you know what? I think it is canon because I think when Craig first tells April that he's seeing Dr. Dr. Richard yes, Nygaard. Poink. Yes, yeah. There is a plank there, isn't there? You're yep. right. Yeah. All right. That, I think that's our list of tropes. I mean, that's a big list. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, do, do you think Sweet Stupid Andy qualifies this week? I kind of don't think it does because I think we had a lot of Andy, but I don't think he was in Sweet Stupid mode today so much. I mean, kind of was in the sense that he thinks doing all those things for hundred bucks a week is okay. So I, I guess think it, that qualifies. I think it was that, and I think it was that he didn't know what five hundred watts he was getting paid. All right, fair enough. Okay. And I think it, I'm putting it on the list. Yeah, it, it's it's not quite as 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 obvious as it was in other episodes, yeah. but I still had it. All right, fair enough. How about goofs tropes? Or excuse me, how about goofs or uh, what's the other one we do there? Fun facts. Fun facts. Yeah, that one. I I didn't have any goofs. Did you? Um, I saw one on the internet that I thought was worth mentioning in Boys Club, the episode Boys Club, I think, which is season, season one, episode four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So that's established that April's 19 years old. That's when she drinks the underage. Correct. Uh, the yeah. Wine, that's right? how it comes up. Yeah. Here, it sounds more like she's saying she was 20 when she started. But again, it's rough math. She could have just been rounding. Mm. I don't know. I don't know if it qualifies as a real goof, but it's it's interesting. Right. Um, how about fun facts? I actually have a tie into something I'm going to say later that ties back to Boys Club, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, fun facts. Um, the, there is quite a few, and I think I got most of these from the wide, wide world of web. Yeah. Um, uh, so, first of all, from the robots, is what you're station saying. manager Hank Muntock, that's right, yeah. was played by Dak Shepard. Yes. And his wife, Kristen Bell, has appeared quite a few times on Parks and Rec earlier as Eagletonian and eventually Leslie's replacement on city council, Ingrid DeForest. That's right. Um, Tom makes a mention of uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, who portrays Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network, making a connection kind of between Grizzle and and Facebook. Facebook, yeah. Um, 
And then finally, uh, you know, in the photo that Leslie receives in her grizzle box, the Supreme Court justices are sipping on the Friends milkshake. Uh, Antonin Scalia is not pictured. And as the episode is set in 2017, they correctly predicted that he would no longer be on the court. And he, mm. unfortunately, Scalia passed away uh, in February 2016. Uh, the episode aired actually one year earlier in 2015, and it was actually filmed in 2014. So just kind of interesting. Interesting. Okay. What you got? Um, let's see. Let me look at my list here. Uh, that's what I had on my list, too. Cool. Yeah. The Internet was uh, pretty helpful on that this week. And yeah. I think most of them are pretty good. So worth mentioning. So. Yeah. Mark, who are we saying goodbye to this week? That's right. That's right. As we're wrapping up the yeah, series, we've, kinda, we've kind of made it a regular yeah. thing. Like who's made their final appearance? Yeah. Um, I, I thought Jay Jackson was done, but he's got three more. Holy so. crap. Yeah. Who do you have on your list? The only ones I have on my list that this was their last appearance. And by the way, when I consider this like one and dones, I tend to not yeah, consider. We don't usually so anybody who is a in any way a recurring yeah, character sure, that course. this is their last, yeah. we'll, we'll count this. Yep. So the only, I only had two and they're both in the list of crazy Pawneeans. Oh, okay. One is uh, uh, Chance Frenholm, oh, sure. uh, played by Jeffrey Markle. Or, or Mr. And, Chanter. And the other is Pearl, who had all the celebrity pig dolls, oh. played by Mike Scully. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Mike Scully is terrific. I, yeah, he is. If, you know, we've got a bucket list of people we'd love to have on the show. Oh I my I mean, he's gosh. on it for sure. Oh yeah. I, I think, I, I suspect I've bugged him enough that he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> so... It, maybe we'll get lucky. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Good Good track in that. Thank you, Mark. Yep. Well, I think all that's left is uh, to get into the scores. All right. It's that time. Let's do it. Strap in. All right. Um, my episode co-MVPs were Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt. Okay. So I thought Leslie was a great presence here both on her own and being paired with ben um i thought it was great to have leslie uh do one last public forum like just like yeah. the old days yeah, and, like and we got to see some of the crazy pawnee citizens like chance and and pearl sure um and more importantly we got to see for once the entire town backing leslie up um, I like seeing Leslie pick up steam as she's continuing to, to stoically like in her fight against yep. Grizzle. And like first Leslie gets Donna on her side and then the townsfolk is on her side. And then finally at the end, Ron freaking Swanson, which <laughs> more about that in just a second. Sure. I thought Ben really came into his own in a few ways. I mean, first of all, Adam Scott's a freaking genius. Like, I don't know how many times I've said he's like a modern day Bob Newhart. Like he's so funny and so good at being a straight man. Um, and, 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 you know, he, he got over, I'm going to argue, he, he, it seems like he either got over or made great strides towards getting over his crippling anxiety about going on live TV, mm -hmm. or at least he rose to the occasion. Yeah. And in addition, I think that this episode kind of subtly wraps up some of his fears and anxieties that he's had for decades yeah since he was 18 years old ice town yeah it's true and like face them down and then do something constructive and i mean maybe put them to rest is a little bit bombastic but i mean it's not yeah it could be true yeah it feels like it's in that direction i think he gets a leg up on him let's say it that way right right so at a minimum i would say a lot of respect for ben for demonstrating a lot of growth in facing down his fears I like is that. that fair yeah i think so um oh my gosh I should take a breath here. Uh, the ending, 
The ending, Alan. Yeah, the ending featuring Ron standing in the doorway, shotgun over his shoulder, thunder crashing, rain pouring down, holding the carcass of a destroyed sky pal. <laughs> Simply amazing. Yep. That may have been one of my favorite Ron moments in the entire series. If yep. nothing else, it showed me that Nick Offerman would be really effective in a horror movie. He would scare the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. In fact, and I take great glee in saying this, Alan, the ending reminds me a little bit of something that we haven't talked about in a long time. What's that? The Darth Vader syndrome. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Which, which originated... Remind our viewer. Which originated, by the way, yeah. in season four, season one, episode four, Boys Club. Ah, okay. All right. So, so... I got to go into detail because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a while yeah. since we said this. The Darth Vader syndrome. This is a phrase that's taken from a book series. Alan and I are both fans of the Dresden Files. So the Darth Vader syndrome is defined as the satisfaction of seeing someone who's been scaring the pants off of you go over, go after another mutual enemy. Now, this isn't exactly that, but it kind of has that feel. Has feel. Up until the last episode, Ron was akin to Leslie's mortal enemy. And even earlier in this episode, it seemed like maybe Leslie's thinking was like, oh, I got Don, I got the town. If I can get my enemy turned from the the indomitable, uh, unstoppable juggernaut that is Ron Swanson, then nothing right. will stop us. And yet Ron kind of persisted in his beliefs and yeah. like, no, no, I have no reaction to that, blah, blah, blah. Until they came after his son. Oh, yeah. And now he's done. Like, no more games. Little Philip, right? And then his name? Philip. <laughs> And yeah, of course, Leslie is happy to have her friend Ron on her yeah. side. But I think it's more than that. Like mm -hmm. the implication here is, uh oh, now you've done it. You've pissed off Ron Sw freaking Swanson. Yeah. God help you. you. You woke the sleeping demon. Yeah. Yeah. You woke the sleeping giant. That's exactly it. Yeah. So I think that qualifies for Darth Vader syndrome. I agree. Um, I thought the whole Purple's Court thing was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I have to think that it was also a wonderful little wink to Arrested Development's mock trial at Judge Reinhold. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Don't you think? I do, actually. In some yeah. way? No, I, we've seen parallels between these shows before, for sure. And, and I, I, and I, I also want to say, you know, you know how I've talked about uh, Barney Varmne? Sure. In, in, in the, the Tilton, Tilton and Radomsky yeah. accounting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every time I see him on on screen and, and those guys, I get disproportionately giddy. Like, I just, I just, I love it. I love yeah. it. I felt kind of the same here. Like, I'm watching the Purple's Court. And I'm just yeah. like, I love, I love I everything more about this. this. Yes. I love it. I'll watch this to stand alone. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, I also really like Dak Shepard yeah. uh, playing Hank Montauk, yeah. uh, who I first saw in the TV series Parenthood. Um. I See, I'll be honest, mm. like he came out of left field for me. I think at one point he was more famous to me for being married than he was like as an to individual. Kristen Bell. Yeah. So, but, and they're funny together. Like if you ever get to see them work together, but I, I didn't watch Parenthood, the TV show. So good. Was it good? Oh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love the movie. It's like I one of my favorite I completely recommend that it has nothing to do with the movie. Uh, that's kind of what I heard. And I think maybe what turned me off about trying to pursue it. So good. Okay. So good. Right. I, I watch a few episodes, and if it's not for you, fair enough. But okay. I have a feeling you'll go. This is good. Okay. Um. Right. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it seemed like it, he was Dak Shepard as Hank Muntalk. Yeah. He was the right combination of sleazy, funny, mm. overly confident, and yet not completely overbearing. Like I liked his mix there. Despite all those things, he felt really real to me. I have to say. Yeah. 
Because I think it's kind of the used car salesman type mentality. Yes. That's what I got from yes. it. And I'm like, yeah, this is a real person, pretty much. Right. Um, I hope that they can drive home this April unsure about her life thing, because I, I think it's starting to drag on a mm. bit. Not that I, I got be, a note on that. Not yeah. that I begrudge April or anyone mm. about questioning if you're doing the right thing with your life or whatever. But as Craig pointed out, April has done some amazing things and quite frankly, is really lucky that she got the start that she did. I think we all see it. Yeah. I found it a little bit hard to believe that Grizzle admitted to mining medical records and yet not one person on the show observed this is a huge violation of HIPAA. Sorry, I'll get down off my soapbox. All right. I miss Jerry more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, not that I thought it brought the episode down exactly, but I definitely noticed his absence. Um, so anyway, all right, enough rambling on with the crazy Mark rubric. Um, I'm going to give this sucker a four base score. I thought that the A story was very good. B and C story were okay, but not great. Like they were somewhat throwaway, I thought. Yep. Um, I'm going to give one entire point for a great job by my co-NVPs, Amy Polars, Leslie Nope, and Adam Scott has been Wyatt. I'm going to give half a point for what I thought was a good use of the deep comedic bench, even without Jerry, and a nice list of guest stars, including... Uh, the bombastic Billy Eichner as Craig Middlebrooks, the marvelous Natalie Morales as Lucy Santo Domingo, the great Jay Jackson revising his perfected role as Purd Happily, or pardon me, Judge Purd. Judge Purd. Disclaimer, not a judge. Not a judge. Um, the great Joe Mandy uh, as technology-loving Morris Lurpus, although yep. he only has lines in the deleted scenes. Yeah. The amazing Andrew Burlinson playing Burley. Who's been on our show. A.K.A. Puppy Hating Dan. Yeah. Who, who has been on our show. Yeah. That's right. Um, the jovial Jorma Tacone uh, as once again Grizzle as VP of Cool New Shiz, Roscoe Santangelo. Yeah, he's great in that role. We talked about we're saying goodbye to, to Jeffrey Markle as Chance Frenelm and Mike Scully as Pearl. We talked about that. Yeah. And of course, the wonderful uh, Dax Shepard uh, playing Hank Mungtok. Um, he's and a one and done, right? Yes, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I did notice one thing. I wanted to make note of this. There's, you know, there's quite a list of people who were just like had little tiny, yeah, and just one and done. Yeah, one of them when when Leslie and Ben were taking the tour of Grizzle, and 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 Roscoe brings them over to like the thing that can detect your emotions yes. or, or whatever. Yeah. The the Grizzle employee, his name is Matt Murbles. I saw a Murbles in there, so that's the Murbles character. Possible relation to oh, Dairy? Oh, yeah, he's, he's got to be Dairy's nephew. Be. Yeah. 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 The Murbles dynasty, I'm sure, is only second to the Lurpuses. Second dynasty. to the Lurpuses. Yeah, so you got lousy with Lurpuses, and you've got uh, massive Murbles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to step away from that. That's right. <laughs> um, whatever you do with your Murbles is, is your My business. business. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the Purdipoles court combo. Yeah. Like I said, there's just something about this that makes me way more giddy than I would expect. Yeah. I loved it. It really worked yeah. for me. I'm going to give half point for what I call a support combo. I already congratulated Leslie and Ben, my co-MVPs. I want to give another tip of the hat for good performances by Nick Offerman, uh, Retta, uh, Billy Eichner, and, and Chris Pratt. I mean, they definitely made big contributions. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the negotiation combo. Um, I like the scenes with Aziz Ansari as Tom Haverford, and particularly when he was negotiating with Dax Shepard as Hank Muntock. Uh, individually, they were good. Together, I thought they were great. I'm going to give half point for what I call just the overall the C-story combo. 
In many ways, I thought this story was kind of throwaway, but I liked how much Jen was like a younger version of April. Yeah. And I particularly liked Craig's you should be grateful speech yep. uh, showing that Craig sees what the rest of us do. April was damn lucky to have Leslie Nope as a mentor. Yeah. And she's done some cool stuff. Finally, I'm going to give one entire point for what I call the bookend combo. Although, to be honest, this is probably 10% for the cold open and 90% for the kicker. Yeah. The great cold open with Leslie and Ben initially frightened by the weird flying grizzle sky pal drone delivering a free gift, which was funny and yeah. a good introduction to it. Yeah. And the magnificent kicker <laughs> with Ron showing up at Leslie and Ben's house with their robot carcass yeah. in one hand, rain pouring down, thunder crashing. Holy crap. Darth Vader syndrome. So you add all those crazy mark points up and you come up with 8.5 little Sebastians. Um, as I watched this episode, it had some issues, but I thought it was a good episode. And it felt to me like a solid 8.0 most of the way through. But man, that ending, that ending, Alan, I... It, it was just too good. I, I had to bump it up in the end to an 8.5. And I feel like I can stand by that. So that's my review. Rock the scuba. I'll start where you finished. Um, I was right there with you. I think the kicker caused me to basically go up a whole half a point. Wow. Not that I would give it a whole half point by itself, but man, it's, I don't know. It just leaves that lasting, satisfying impression. Yeah. Doesn't it? My MVPs, uh, my co-MVPs this week were Adam Scott and Aubrey Plaza. So, and I'll talk about April's storyline in a minute, but I don't, anything I have an issue with, I don't blame Aubrey for. Mm. So, and I thought she's, her amount of screen time, and I think the fact that the C story, Craig had a part, big part of that not being throwaway, but so does she, and, and I feel like that's kind of unusual, and, and we haven't recognized her in a while, so I, I kind of want to do that. It's really, really hard not to to uh, recognize Amy though, right? I mean, um, especially since she did such a great performance here and she also directed the episode. Like think of the That's challenge true. of that. Like yeah. she probably almost deserves like the X MVP, extra MVP just for herself. You and can't then, blame me for my choices. I can't. Yeah. No, and I, but I wanted to give her kind of a her own thing because of that combo. Right. The acting and directing has got to be difficult. And I've seen people not do it that great, and I feel like their acting suffers in favor of their directing or vice versa sometimes. Right. Um, I didn't feel that here. I'm, Amy's a pro, and she, uh, you know, and her character is to the point now, too, where she, she doesn't annoy me as much as she used to. And I fe we feel like we are Amy a lot of the time, or mm -hmm. we feel like we're Leslie a lot of the time now. Um, we kind of see where her head is more often than we used to. So I think that kind of, she would go a little too far sometimes and it was hard to be on her side. I feel like everyone has grown, but certainly Leslie has grown out of that. April has kind of grown. I'm gonna talk about her storyline here in a second. Um, you know, certainly Retta, I think her screen time was great here, but is going to be better in the next episode. Um, I had a hard time with MVPs this week because I just thought there were a lot of and Aziz. I had to almost give honorable mention to Aziz for this episode because I really like the Tom storylines. Mm. So I don't know. This one was tough for me, but I feel like Adam Scott, outside of Amy, probably was the biggest standout. Like he just... He, in a, such a quiet way, kind of carries the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, the fact that he's doing that, you're not always aware of. And I think that makes it extra impressive. But you really have to kind of look back at it and go, he was really good in this. Yeah. I mean, not only funny, it wasn't the funniest episode for him, but 
I think it had the right mix of funny, heartfelt, you know, this kind of, you know, him kind of self where he's beating himself up about this, you know, not catching this thing that happened and worried that he's falling all the way back down to his 18 year old self, which is clearly not the case. Right, right, right. And he delivers, I think, the important messages Mm -hmm. in the end, not only from a plot perspective, but from a satisfaction perspective. I think that's true. I think that's very true. And even like their time at home, both at the beginning, encouraging Leslie and at the end, kind of kind of keep her level. I mean, I think he's always playing that role, too. And that's mm-hmm. not nothing. Right. No, so not at all. You add it's all that up job. and you, you get a pretty good uh, reason to give him at least co-MVP this week. Um, OK, Purple's Court. I mean, you've already said it. That's I mean, brilliant. that was brilliant. And I think we need to honor that somehow. Um so, so April. So I, I think I was getting a little bit annoyed with how, well, two things. Why is she still whining? And two, once that Craig gives her the speech she needs to hear, how quickly she turns around and now enjoys baking. Like, I think I was a little ca- caught off guard by that. But then I kind of looked at it again and I thought, okay, so was she. Like, I think she was, or at least, you know, per the script, April's character was certainly shocked that she had such a good time kind of going into Leslie mode, right? But, you know, I think this is where she's realizing the value of Leslie's mentorship, right? And she actually enjoyed those things, you know, recruiting people, putting up flyers, baking cookies. I mean, all the things that Leslie really enjoys. I think April's finally not giving them short shrift like she has in the past. And it's kind of seeing those as tool sets for her that, you know, she can now use in her role. Hmm. So, but, but what I think what I mentioned earlier was, I think the reason that I can kind of understand why she feels this way is that while Craig is right that, you know, she did amazing things over those 10 years with Leslie's mentorship, she, I'm going to say she kind of got here by accident and certainly by the grace of, of, of Leslie and God and everything else. Right. Tell me more. Well, okay. So she's, she's kind of found success despite who she was when she started the journey, right? That that person probably would not normally, under normal circumstances, without a Leslie-type mentorship and a Ron mentorship and other things going her way, wind up in the role she's in with the success she's had. So here she is 10 years into this, and I think subconsciously at least, she realizes that, you know, she kind of accidentally got here. So she's not in control of how she got here. So that makes her feel even more out of control about where she's headed. So, I mean, this is Nygaard stuff, right? I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, I think I kind of finally at least get it if that's what they mean by this and why why April would have this plot line. Um, Has it gone on too long? And has it felt a little bit out of the blue kind of getting into it? We talked about that in the past. Yes, and maybe even exiting it now, but... I think I at least understand it at a root level now. I think, I think, and you and I have also talked about this. Had she not already gone through this to an extent and handcrafted the position of animal control director, right? Had she not already done that, and and I would argue found something animal control director that she loves because she loves animals. Had she not already done that, this would make so much more sense. Yeah. I think it's like she's forgotten that. That's the thing that's yeah. bothering both of us. Yeah. 
maybe if they'd kind of put this before that, and then she transitioned into creating that role, that would have been a more satisfying arc. I think this so. This feels like a step backwards. I think so. Yeah. I see what you mean about, you know, some of what's happened in her life being by accident. I think that. But when she created that role to, to strength, you know, to kind of go with my point. That's all her. She was joshing, right? She, that was a lark. And people went, yeah, that sounds good. I, I don't know. Like, it wasn't a brilliant design by her. It's just something she created for herself on a lark and it actually worked. Again, a little bit of luck. So I think, I don't think that detracts from my point today. And yet I think we both feel like you, like you say, you know, she's kind of forgetting that. And that does bother me a little bit. Yeah. I think that, I think that she always had, she was always smart. Mm. And I think she all, she always had some modicum of, I'm going to say raw talent, maybe due to her being somewhat intelligent. Yeah. And I think that ultimately that gets recognized by like a Leslie, a A Ron, Ron. et cetera. But her attitude at the very beginning (laughs) certainly was a, let's say a stumbling block that had to be overcome. That's fair. I see what you're saying. That's good. Yeah. And like I said, I think the, the Ben speech kind of delivering the, you know, and you know it and the Craig speech. And I think, you know, that to April, I think that's just two really good moments of writing in this episode that I really thought were, were, were stand out, you know, I agree. Um, and so, you know, good job on it for our writing team today. Um, eight and a half little specials. Ah. I started at eight, and by the time I rewatched it, probably for the fourth time with the kicker, I, I was like you. I'm like, you know what? There's a lot going on that's good for this episode. It's not quite a nine, but it deserves better than an eight. Um, I think in the you know the 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 uh, the scope of all of the episodes we've reviewed, it's it fits right in the camp of eight point five with some other great episodes, but not awesome. And let's remind our viewer, you know, you and I. We don't share scores. No, no, not at all. Like there are some times that we might share some notes, but we don't share scores. I think so the only thing we no we've idea. ever shared is, hey, this is a crazy one. How, how is this nine stories or right, is this right. three? We've we've done that once or twice, but even that, I don't need a whole hand to count how many times we've done it. Right. I agree. Yeah. So 8.5, we're, we're on the same page. Nice. Yeah. Nice job. All right, Mark. Well, you know what? I think that about does it for today. Yep. We're going to be back next week officially with 7.6 Save JJ's. That's right. Only seven more episodes to go, and we're outie. Uh, yeah, after JJ's, we are basically halfway through this season and six episodes from done. Yep. That's crazy. That's right. Yeah, I can't believe it. Yeah, it's hard to believe. I'm both happy and sad about it, as a matter yeah. of fact. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Go out on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. We'd love it if you do that. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.